Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, I'm Gavin Emmett, and this is the BT Sport MotoGP podcast. Today I'm joined by Keith Ewan and Julian Ryder. We're in Mategi ahead of round 15 of the season. Of course, in Japan, four rounds to go, and we could of a MotoGP world champion by the end of the weekend. First match point for Mark Marquez. Quite exciting. We know the maths on it are quite... It's a bit of a long shot. It could happen. But Marquez is back in form. Back on the top step of the podium for the first time in a few races. His fourth win of the season. First time he's won in Spain for a long time as well. Uh, and he comes here now to the home of Honda. Uh, and will, yeah, he, right. will he actually be thinking of taking home the trophy by the end of the weekend well he's already been crowned a, a world champion here before hasn't he he's had the full samurai uh, affair but he's never won a race here. never won a motor gp race here yeah. sorry he has won a one two five and a motor two race here but never won a motor gp race so that's still yet to be uh, clicked up ticked off on the uh, markers list but um could he win a world title here tell you what the honda you wouldn't expect it would not you? here not but, with but if i can jules go on how As smooth did he you. look last time oh, round? Impeccable. He looked completely different on the bike last time out at Aragon, and that just makes me makes me worry for everyone else. Yeah. And let's see if I can sum it up quickly. For Marquez to be champion on Sunday, he must win. Rossi must be out of the points, and Lorenzo must be off the podium. So it'll be Philip Island then, not Mocegi. Well, that's that's what you'd say, wouldn't you? Uh, but Yamaha haven't won a race since Barcelona. So are we looking at a Ducati yeah, win again? About it, yeah. Well, what <laughs> oh, about you Ducati? You'd think it'd be set up for Ducati as well, wouldn't yeah. it? This week? We'll get onto that in a second, but just to get back onto Marquez, just to, to, to finish off, what about the season he's put together? You know, he's been, it's the consistency we talked about from him. Well, we looked at the sheets earlier on before we came on air for this podcast, didn't we, Gav? And you, you said, God, he's only won four rounds and he's leading. I mean, he won five rounds last year and didn't win a world mm. title. I mean, it's it's quite an interesting, when you go through the statistics of it, when you look at the spreadsheet of uh, of wins and points scored, I mean, it has just underlined the fact that he has taken every single point he could take whenever it was possible, rather than throw it at the fence. Scarily, he's done exactly what he said he'd do at the <laughs> end of last year, which is knowing the motorcycle probably wouldn't be up to the job uh, of winning every race. Therefore, I will take fourth when it's necessary. And he's done it. See, that's the maturity of a 23-year-old. That's yeah. scary. <laughs> well, it was interesting it? to hear comments by Mick Doohan, who obviously was a bit later coming into... He just said you can see the maturity now of, of Marquez shining through this year. Um, you mentioned it there briefly. At the beginning of the season, we were talking about that Honda probably couldn't win the championship. That's what we were saying. Yet it is leading by a comfortable margin. He needs just 49 points between now and Valencia. 
irrespective of the results, and he'll be champion. Have Honda made strides this year? Has the Yamaha not made any? Well, let's, I mean, let's analyse that even further at the end of the day. Honda's the one that's getting all the stick for being a motorbike that you can't ride and the like, and yet there's three riders that have won Grand Prix on it this year with Jack Miller and, and, and Cal Crutchlow, of course, and Mark Marquez, and in fact, there's four riders, yes, including Danny Pedrosa. How do we always forget about Danny? Danny I know. Uh, Two of those wins in the wet. Yeah, that's, well, yeah, you can put that extra little. Left a little of, caveat. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. There's still been four different Honda riders. One I f- couldn't agree more. All so, the Honda teams have won. So that horrible motorcycle that doesn't do whatever they want it to do is still... Well, it's it's not as bad as last year, is it? They've learnt and they've, they've got somewhere with the specification software of taming the engine and getting rid of some of the... Uh, more, um, how should I put it, uh, well, the, the electronic habits. The electronics of the Michelin is all new to them all this year. Of course. At the end of the day, that, that combination of, of electronics, tyres and, and, and performance you, you, has taken some dialing in. Really, it has taken it? some dialing but in. You could argue that Yamaha have had it worse, couldn't you? With Jorge Lorenzo in the front Michelin unable to... Yeah, but didn't they have a, didn't they have a little bit of an inroads with Ford? They ran the... the sp- the, the early ECUs with forward racing and, and Colin Edwards, if you remember, Colin hated it. Yeah. Uh, whereas absolutely teammate Aleish got on with it okay. So I think Yamaha had in their independent team just that little bit extra lead into it. Whereas mm. Honda almost resolutely said, no, we're not having none of yeah, this. Their open bikes never really performed. They weren't, you know, they weren't even up to full spec of no, the engine and, no, and things uh, like that. And they, 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 and yeah, they, they weren't relevant indeed. Mm. Um, just mentioned you talk about Danny Pedrosa there we almost forgot about him but he's got the best record of anyone three, yeah. three, three circuit. wins yeah. Yeah. well he um, came from uh, Julian actually was the first, I'd love to have laid claim to it we were arguing uh, about it on the way in in the car earlier on he said well you can see from lap 10 I said but yeah but you saw it from 12 laps in that he was actually coming from behind he, he, he looked really quick early on and Jules doing his studying of the stats on the this monitor last year's race yeah last year's race he came through Clearly, with pace, tyres, and everything that worked perfectly for him. Because he was time, a right? long way behind, but, a long but, way behind. But yeah. made up the ground, didn't he? Had a shocker though last time. We saw photos of his front tyre from Aragon, and that was where the soft tyre didn't work in Danny's favour. Or not the soft. He's at pains to point out, it isn't a soft tyre. It's a medium, still as the medium tyre, but different kind of construction on yes. that front tyre. But it didn't work in Aragon not at all. Not at all. That was a classic. Uh, Tire failure. It's been another reason why this year has been so varied and we've had so many different winners that the, the tyres that Michelin bring every single weekend are very fractionally slightly different from before. And uh, I think every time it's a voyage of discovery. I mean, I've got to say, this this weekend with the, the, the things that we've got to yet get done in this podcast, I mean, really, really interesting this weekend again. There's the, another level of, of excitement. Am I wrong to have a bit of a Ducati feeling no, coming not. over me No, again, you're not. That's, well, you know where I was leading with that. And that's, that's why, why you went there. In, yeah. there. It was absolutely right. I mean, Ducati, this weekend, we could we could have something a little bit special. But last time out, I remember, there was no Ducati in the top 10 even. They all had tyre problems. But this circuit, as you mentioned, it's quite stop-start. Basically, it's all about acceleration and, and good braking, which is where that Ducati seems to work in a in that straight line. No Yanoni, though. He's been replaced by. Yeah, but that's the good H- news. Hector this Barbara. Is the, yeah, the news that's coming now. Hector Barbara gets. And I'm going to let you do it, ride. Keith, because you, you did actually bring this up for me earlier. Only on. Only because I've been in the Urter office yeah. before everyone else this morning. First thing, it's nothing to do Getting with me. Getting a cup of tea. So, yeah, so Hector Barbara's moved onto Andrea Iannone's bike for the weekend, yep. alongside Andrea Dovizio. So by virtue of being the top uh, non-factory Ducati in the championship, I think so he's, he's going to give us a shock this week. Hey, I think he could have a, a good weekend. You mm. never know about him. But and then, he's been replaced in Avincia by bloke. You know well yeah mad mike jones i think mean? what it what it is you read it as well didn't you? <laughs> mad mike is, is his handle mike jones is a 2015 australian superbike champ on a ducati 
But the fact that nobody that I spoke to this morning, having got this first bit of news first thing this morning, I went around everybody and said, you heard of Mike Chatton? No, 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 no. It just goes Handling, to show... Yeah, definitely. I, I, I wasn't familiar. I haven't. I, I don't think he's done the eight hour. I don't think he's done the... But for me, the state of the Australian Championship, that we are not absolutely in touch with what's going on instantaneously. It's incredible, really. But Mike Jones, Mad Mike Jones, is joining um, joining Avintia. It'll be interesting to hear you guys. It's tough. I think more than anything, it's looking towards Phillip Island. Just and in if Yanone couldn't isn't back for that one, they found a bit of a complication with his injury. And if he's not back, a lot of people were expecting Stoner, but I'm, it, I'm it a seems bit, like he's knocked it back again and again. I'm a bit concerned about this all this this retrospective medical stuff that we're getting a lot of lately. Mm. You know, there's there's Ianone who probably shouldn't have ridden back when he was injured earlier. I think he should have probably not have taken, he should have taken more time off. We well, uh, did the first practice, didn't he, last time? Yeah. And then said, look, it's too much pain. Yeah. He found more damage up in his... But then we move on to back. the more complicated subject of Petrucci and mm. that, that loss of memory yeah. that he had. And, and of course, it, it quite rightly, there was a, a whole raft of really interesting tweets and Facebook and all the other social media stuff that Digital Dan loves around here. But it, all that, that then unloaded a whole load of comment mm. from all the different sports. I mean, from my perspective, because I was involved in cars for a while, um, a lot of car people, you know, Marino Franchitti got involved, Dario Franchitti's um, brother... You know, he, he, he said, well, how on earth was he ever allowed to have ridden with, with a memory loss? Admittedly, on the day, he hadn't admitted to it until we did the interview mm. with him on BT Sport. But then it was clear. But it seemed that nobody really seems to have known how to react to that within MotoGP at this point. And that's the point worth yeah. highlighting. Because he, he apparently had all the checks and he had the medical checks and they did the, the tests for it. But clearly one of those were wasn't. Well, there are. There are yeah. Again, I was asked by the car guys who have very strict head injury tests. Watch the protocol. But well, the, I, I asked the doctors in the, you know, to them, and they said, we have the same protocols as you will find in American football, as you will find in Formula One. We have those. We have them in place. Well, I have to say then, in but, that case, something fell out of bed because exactly. you know, there was something not right there. Yeah. What I particularly liked, and it was one of my Twitter followers who actually fired it into us first of all, and, and I didn't realise this was fairly normal in rugby and other things. They have G-Force monitors. Yes. That are very that they have as as earpieces in in cars. They have a, so you you can measure the G force. As soon as the G force has been over a certain amount, you automatically mm. in get gu- time in, on the sidelines. In gum shields, in rugby and, and ice in their hockey. shirts as well. Yep, in, in ice hockey, where a lot of research has been done in Canada on concussion. Fairly obviously, if you've seen the professional ice hockey game, you'll know why they're concerned about it as so well. So effectively, there is the technology out there at the right price available that should be. Uh, I think my Twitter man, he, he turned around and said, well, can't they fit one of these things in a, in a helmet so you know what the G-force of the helmet has been? But apparently there's there's things that can be even more personally fitted to a rider if, if that's mm. what you deem as a, as, a, as a new piece of technology. That's, and I think it is a piece of technology that, that should be invested in, in MotoGP. I agree completely. Yeah, and obviously he took out Scott Redding on lap one as well, claimed there was a, a problem with the bike. However, in their little battle towards who will get that GP... Uh, 17 bike next year the, obviously they're counting up the points from the last race to the end of the season and whoever gets most in theory will get that bike um, they've given Scott Redding the points from ninth place the team have the team have said yeah. right we're counting that you were taken yeah. out of ninth we've given yeah. you that so that sort of says to me maybe there wasn't such a problem with the bike so it's all a little bit mm, uh, well he's got know, form for that a bit hasn't he just think Eugene yeah. wasn't particularly well Eugene happy. tweeted didn't he he yeah. said I think yeah. they should invoke a new rule uh, one metre exclusion one meter. zone <laughs> Eugene Laverty we're talking about teammate of course and uh, 
it's going to be a tricky one, isn't it? I think at the end of the day, for this concussion thing, and we but shouldn't make light of it at the end. No, of the no, day. But no, no, because it's, it's long term. It's a long. It's long. It's it's the really very recent science mm. on the mechanism of concussion and cumulative effects and we very much need to take it seriously in this sport um, I just want to get back to um, the the championship and, and Yamaha, uh, Luenzo and Rossi are now realistically we'd say battling for second position mm. in the championship, I want to ask you Keith was P2 ever something a rider was bothered about? P2 never is the first loser at the end of the day. I think that... that it, but will they, though? It's, it's Lorenzo it's, and Rossi... It, that, that is a different dynamic. Yeah. That's a different dynamic. Between those two... You what, what you're saying is the placings doesn't actually matter. It's the rider beating your teammate matters. Absolutely does. It could be for seventh and eighth. They don't care. Yeah. And, and obviously, there's a, a bit of a storm brewing at the moment because uh, while Jorge Lorenzo is being allowed to test at Valencia for Ducati, a later test at Jerez, a private test later on in the month, Yamaha have said, oh, this is the report. So anyway, the Yamaha said he won't be able to test. Well, this is a gentleman's agreement, effectively, yeah. isn't it, between teams. They're contracted right up to the 31st of December, which allows them to do all the PR and mm. all the stuff for, that they need to do with the team. If you're a world champion, um, really, you want to be able to you know, capitalise on all of that press and PR that you're going to get right up to Christmas and then the new year starts and you, you're in a new contract. But the gentleman's agreement has always been that moving riders were allowed to test, especially at Valencia. But the fact that Yamaha have been quite so... You know, they've said, well, we did that with, with Valentino. He was allowed to test in, in Valencia, uh, but not after that. But there's a bit of disingenuous conversation and media hype going on here as well, I believe, in that, that Valentino Rossi had an operation after it, so he couldn't test either. And the testing procedures in those years that we're talking about previously were much tighter than they are now. They are. It's, a, it's yeah. a different situation. We have a, a winter ban now, but so it's it's kind of, it's not like for like when people not say quite. that. Not quite. Not quite. quite. So do we think something's happened there? I, I think there's obviously been some friction and Yamaha of... Um, it's the Japanese way of extracting revenge. It's not aggressive or uh, up front or outside. It's just uh, no. The answer is uh, no. Sorry, that's it. But he's yeah. testing at Valencia still. Which uh, yeah, th that's is, not a surprise. No, that's not that's the, the the test after. But that you wonder how how valuable that might yeah, be for Jorge Lorenzo. And I mean, the fact is, is that for them to have blocked that off, that would have broken the the ja again. You talk yeah. about the Japanese, uh, you know. That's a gentleman's agreement that the Valencia, they're allowed to test. Yeah. But it could set a precedent for the future. It'll yeah. all change overs. All MotoGP riders, they could find themselves banned from these private tests because of this. this and Maverick Vinales is getting to test a couple of times on, exactly. the, on the Yamaha yeah. from his uh, release from, not release, Suzuki, been re his Suzuki contract yeah. as well. Interesting. Uh, a Twitter question I'm going to fire at you. Can you see Lorenzo <laughs> winning again this season, giving his state of mind and the tracks remaining? I don't. Yeah. Think, I don't think you can ever write Lorenzo no. off. I, I think of course he's, not. He's one of those guys. This state of mind thing. It makes it, it makes good peer. You know, we have a bit of a giggle with it. But yeah. you know, when things are right, yes, he needs stuff. He needs his ducks in a row, doesn't he? Really, to yeah. to, to to make it work perfectly for him. But, but, but sports on that level, they can have a appalling weekend one weekend, and that is compartmentalised and. Uh, I just wonder. Done uh, with by the time they get here. Yeah, he he beat Rossi last time out. In Aragon, fair and square, he, yeah, and he finished ahead of him. Is he is he right back in the game now? He is, isn't he? He's back, and in he the likes air. this place. There's a fight. There's a proper fight on for second in the championship. Uh, or sorry, what was it? There's a proper fight on for top Yamaha in the championship. I'm quite interested, really. And in, again, moving away from that to an extent, back to the, the to the Ducati thing for next year. I, I, can you, let me ask you two a question? I mean, can you see Jorge Lorenzo riding a Ducati as is at this moment in time? Will he get on with that Ducati? 
because that for me, if I might just preempt that, just looks impossible from where I'm sat at the moment. His style, the way he's got, Ducati have got a huge amount of work to do to get that bike to work for Jorge Lorenzo. But has he not just had that style? This is what I would always say, and you can, you know, I'm sure you'll uh, disagree with me in in some way. Because, but I feel that he's had that style because that's what that bike has allowed him to have. You know, it was a very usable bike from when he stepped on it, 2008. Rossi had made it into this, and he's just kept that going. And perhaps a bit more to how he'd like to ride a bike. But he's he's not a multi world champion for for no reason, and he's a a fantastic rider who can probably get the best out of. Of any bike. I don't know. That's my I, opinion. I, I, I'm not going to disagree with you, mm. strangely enough. No, and I, I think that you're right. He is a fantastic rider. But just the, the way that he rides a motorcycle yeah. just seems to be at odds at every person I've spoken to that rides a Ducati. I can see both sides of this very easily. The bike at the moment, I think it doesn't look right for Jorge, does it? This is what you're saying. Oh, yeah. But the history between Gigi D'Alinio and Jorge Lorenzo, going back to the days of the 250 Aprilia, I would argue Gigi understands what Jorge needs. And you speak to Jorge and he says, I ride like Yanone. We're very yeah. similar in the way that we ride with with lots of corner speed compared to Davizioso, who's very much a straight up and down breaker, likes to get it turned quickly and, mm. and fire his And out. they've brought Gabarini in as well. Yes. Who's got huge form with Casey Stoner going back with that Ducati as well. Gabarini, they've, they've swapped him back in. And so. is, as we keep saying, sport is... In the head. At this level, is mm. north of the eyebrows, and if Jorge has Gabarini, he has Gigi, he has confidence. It's going to be exciting, isn't it, to see it's, how he gets I, I on that. I almost what, can't wait to see... Uh, that's why that yeah. test, maybe Yamaha getting to the point of the Yamaha block on him testing, maybe they feel that he will get on with the Ducati. Maybe they, they feel that they just want to block that off. They see that they see him as a threat for next year. Yeah, well, that's well, my point. I mean, that's an easy argument. To, to why has it been happened? Well, because... We, we want to give ourselves the best chance of winning next yeah. season. Oh, Simple yeah. as that, really. And why shouldn't it be? They've got him under contract. They can do what they like, really. Gentlemen's agreements uh, come what may. Um, talking about Maverick Vinales being allowed to test the Yamaha, what about him? Fourth place last time out, very aggressive at the start of the race. Is there a chance of him winning one before the end of the year? Suzuki, perhaps, to go well? Philip Island. Yeah, Philip Island. In my Island. book. I can't argue with that. So. <laughs> yeah, he'll be relishing. I think a lot of people will be relishing that race. It's one of those that they all love going the, there. The, what Mategi in comparison, one, I don't think it has so much favour with the riders, does it? No, it's, no. A, weird, it's, a, it's a weird, weird old place to come to anyway. I mean, it's, it's the, I mean, I think the Aussies obviously like it here because it's the first time they haven't got to travel as far as usual. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, Mategi, it's a, it's a strange, strange round. I'm glad it's on the calendar. Wouldn't Hardest breaking way. track on yeah. the whole MotoGP calendar as well. They, this is where they originally brought those bigger, higher bigger mass discs front for, discs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just a quick word on, y- on... Yamahas go well round here. Well, it is the home round. It might be owned by Honda, but this is the home round yeah. for the Japanese. It's uh, slightly just strange. A, just again, the Yamaha is a great all-round motorcycle, of course, so I shouldn't be surprised, should I? I just want a quick word on, on Cal Crutchlow quickly. He was uh, fifth last time out. He's having a good season after that first part. We, if we can forget the first four He's having races. a good second half of the yeah. season, Gav. Or it's, mid part as well. It's I just think it's, it's life according to Cal at the moment. Every time you see Cal is not a different Cal because Cal behind the scenes is nowhere near as the abrasive little what's it that you might <laughs> think of him as. I mean, Cal is, is basically a nice guy. And I think settling with new baby Willow, family side of things, got that win out of the way, you know, finally got that, it's a real monkey off your back, got that win. The other thing is, you'll now realise, does life completely revolve around, you know, 100%, have I got to be this intense little monkey that I am most of the time to to achieve what I want to achieve? And I think Cal, 
When you see him in the hire car queue, when you see him at the airport lounge, he's nowhere near on edge like he perhaps would have been he's, prior. He's always been a different person outside the paddock from inside it. Indeed, he has, people. but he does seem, everywhere you see him, to be miles more relaxed. So is he a front runner, front runner for these last races? He's a front yeah. runner for any race. I yeah. think that's what he's achieved this year. He's actually he's achieved. bridged the gap, he? has bridged, bridged the gap. Which is what Rossi said about winning a race. You join a very special club mm. and some switch goes in the head of any sportsman who wins for the first time at the very top level. You might have thought you could do it. You might have believed you could do it. But now you know you can do it. And speaking of race winners, Jack Miller's back this weekend. Again, Always. because he, did, he had the flight over from uh, Australia and he's got a new, nice new ute that he's got himself <laughs> sorted out. So he's, he's in good mood. I've Spent just his time to well then. Um, uh, but no he's ute. back. He's still got a big old lump on his hand. He's back. And also Bradley Smith. We get to see uh, Bradley back on that, the that, bike. That's going to be tough, isn't it, for Bradley? Has I'm anybody seen him in the paddock yet? Not yet. I'm amazed he's back. Neil Hodgson is so currently out with him out on track well that will ruin him. him yeah so <laughs> but but by all accounts it's he's asking his knee to hold up really more than anything he's maybe, maybe he's looking forward to philip island you know it'd be interesting to see how that rolls out i mean that was a fairly large old injury he had it you know, was the amount of soft tissue he did on that and, yeah. and the like i mean that's going to be painful that yeah. is going to hurt yeah maybe. far worse than breaking your tib and fib. i think he'd have preferred that yeah yeah, I think well, that's the, 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 whole the standard sportsman's line. You know, breaking a long bone is always a bit theatrical and rather unpleasant, but it sure as heck beats ligaments and soft, and tissue, injury. And soft tissue damage. Yeah, indeed. We'll move on to Moto2 quickly. Yeah, um, hope you enjoyed your breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's got tight, hasn't it? Zarco now uh, just a point ahead of Alex Rins. Both of them having a tough weekend in Aragon. Sam Lowe's winning there. Yeah. He's 40 points back. Loves this place. Loves Philip Island. He's got what, a though? game on still. The, the good thing about that is, A, he believes, Sam I'm talking about, and the, the fact is, he's got nothing to do no. other than to win races. No. Yep. He's not got to consider anything, anything else. And that is such a lovely position to be in. I know he'd prefer to be leading. Of course you would. Course but the position he's in just means get out there, do the best you can. So do you I, think he's I, back in the title? I can see him going to Valencia still still mathematically in with a chance. And if you go to the last round, in with a chance. We're going to be getting out the record sheets to see we quite who performs the yeah. best in Valencia, aren't we? I can yeah. see that. But, uh, it, uh, but this weekend, the Zarco-Rins battle, that's intriguing because they finished just a, a place apart uh, they, They've there. both been a bit strangled, haven't they, the last couple of races for various so reasons. So is, is Zarco in that neutral position or is he, are things getting to his head again? Well, Zarco, I mean, at the beginning of his year wasn't anything like what it should have no. been with Zarco. It's a 34-point gap that yeah. Rins has pulled back on him. Exactly. Since then. So he had a bad start, great part of the season running up to yeah, the but Rins, point. Rins, can, Rins. Rins can be up and down like a yo-yo as well yeah. it's going to be one of them this weekend is really going to we're going yeah. to see ask us again on something yeah. we might have an answer yeah. that's not the point of a preview <laughs> <laughs> I think Sam Lowe's is in a good position with those two not being quite yeah. uh, as I'm and, very and happy about Sam's position in this championship and a second win of the year that's yeah. another now, thing now this is progress year by mm. year his first year in the class one win so his first year on the bike one mm. win and yeah Oh, now a double winner. And I would not bet against him being at least a triple winner by the end of the year. And that's the progress you need to see in your rider. Um, go on then. Who are we backing? Who's going to win? Here. Uh, this weekend and the end of the championship. For at this point. Moto2. Yeah. I think, uh, uh, I think Zarko will recover. 
I, I'm inclined to agree with you, but I don't think it's going to be easy. I think Rins is going. I think I just I get the feeling at the moment there's a lot of that pressure building. If it goes on, to Valencia, then Rins. Yeah. If it goes to Valencia, Rins. then Rins. But uh, Rins I think... also puts pressure on himself though, and mm. and I think the interview that I did last time out when it, and you I asked him cards on the table, are you going to win? I'd like to congratulate his mother know. for managing to pray through the entire race <laughs> at Aragon <laughs> as well. That was remarkable. <laughs> the <laughs> longest sermon I've ever way. seen or ever been witness to. Right, Moto three. We've already had one world champion this year, Brad Binder. Um, looked peerless all year, hasn't he? I wouldn't be surprised if he cleaned up the rest of them either. And, and you speak to people at KTM and they say there is more there. He's almost had to ride within himself to make sure that the title's brought home nice and early. He's got four races, like a, like a free pass for these last four races. Yeah, do you know what, though? I'd have a little bet that he won't, he won't do any more than he was capable of doing anyway. It's a, that sounds like a ridiculous comment to make because it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But uh, uh, let me try and explain it. In as much as, the, as a rider... I've won championships in the past where you think, right, I can do whatever I want to do now. I can go out and just win, go flat out, throw it at the fence. You never seem to be able to do more than you can do. Uh, yeah, because you would. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Anyway. But you would do with your, your maximum anyway. anyway. Yeah, and I and I'd be surprised if if you yeah. know he's going to get what he gets anyway in the last four rounds. That's a very good point. Um, what about Akiayo bringing home that title, having missed out in the last few years, whether yeah. it's been with Jack Miller, Miguel Oliveira, whether it's been Luis Salom yes. over the years? I think it was Cortese was the the last world champion he had. So finally, he's cemented his position in as Moto being, three, yeah, yeah, that's the team of Moto Three. Yeah, and he's the reigning champion Moto Two as well. And I'm looking forward to seeing just to deviate, Binder in Moto Two with IO. with IO with on the, the KT. Team. Yeah, those KT. Well, I've really to Oliver about it now. Actually, um, I've just seen him. He's back this weekend, by the way, in Moto Two after missing out with the collarbone injury. Um, and he says how much he's looking forward. He says, this is, "I'm really just keeping time." till I can get on that bike. Looking forward to it so much. Those two pairing up again for next season will be exciting. Um, right, in Moto3, though, are we going to get anyone else challenging Brad before yes. the end of the season? We're going to get Navarro. challengers. I thought Bastianini needs to win a race, doesn't he? Yeah, that'd be nice. Doesn't he? Yeah, is and he, he will. going to? He's going and to, he isn't he? I think so, yeah. Philip Island. The form in the second half of the year, he... Um, Rostrum's front rows everywhere, but not the win. He's got to break that duck. Yeah, it'd be nice to see Bastianini do it. Right, thank you very much, guys. Uh, make sure that you download our review podcast following the race here in Japan. And remember, you can watch every session with us live this weekend, all on BT Sport 2. Get the coffees at the ready. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 